Okay, Sunday evening at uh, seven o'clock. We're going early. We're going before before sunset tonight. So this is going to be a all light, no darkness recording. Bud has been soaked. It's 103 degrees, five percent humidity. So we're sitting at. Um, a dew point temperature of 20 degrees Fahrenheit and I dipped myself in the pool. So I, I feel refreshed. It feels really comfortable out here at 103. <laughs> and the mountains are got some nice shadows on them as the sun goes down. And the, and the Indian reservation out there. You gotta love America, right? Got some Indian reservations. This is Arizona. This is where I live. This is the podcast. You could be tuning in from Croatia. Congratulations. Croatia for winning their World Cup match against Denmark. Quite a match. Penalty kicks. And uh, so, Croatians, enjoy the Southwest. And if Carl May were alive today, a writer from uh, Germany, he probably would have flown over to the U.S., but he's the guy that uh, wrote all these fictional books about the Southwest had never been here before. Never actually been out of Germany, probably. Karl May. Just spelled M-A-Y. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, one of, the, one of the good German authors. And so what happened today? I, I get a broadcast. I did go to two, two different church services. And neither one disappointed. I kind of expect, <laughs> expected what I got from each one, you know, but I did prefer the other one. So, yeah, I think that, unfortunately, I'm coming to the realization that the Southern Baptists really like hell. I mean, not that they like hell, but they like, they like scaring people, I think, a bit. And I think I was alluding to the universalist concept, which I am not a universalist. Because I'm me, and I'm not in the group. So, um, the uh, it's really sad this morning. We had a children's message, and it came across pretty good. But you know, the the teacher is saying, "Well, we, well, children, if you want to go to heaven, you know, then you've got to believe in Jesus." And it's all about this going to heaven thing, and I'm just realizing now it's. It's about living right now, and uh, the faith is about living uh, well in uh, in this life in the presence of God. So um, that's what that's what um, I think is important. I don't think the cross and Jesus was just to get us to heaven. It was to have that relationship. The the garden relationship, and that was kind of talked about in there, but um, in the the adult, so to speak, message. But even that um, is prepping us. It's about heaven, you know, a three-week series on July 15th is going to be, you know, the the pastor's telling us, like, well, you know, you really got to be here on July 15th because I'm going to ask people to come forward and make a commitment 
blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it shouldn't be blah, blah, blah. But these things should unfold. That's two weeks in the future. I mean, we should live every day, every moment in the presence of God and through His Holy Spirit. So that's my thing. That's my belief. And uh, so I'm not looking forward to the 15th. I don't know. My wife's enjoyed it. I don't because I'm picky. And I definitely don't like Hebrews 9.27. Oh, my gosh. So if you're listening and you want to look in the Bible, look at Hebrews 9. And it's the whole chapter is about how great Christ is as the high priest. That the, the whole chapter... 9 is about how the priests of Israel you know they had to they had to um, sacrifice and get blood for their own sins and the, the chief priest the head priest the high priest would only go in once a year but there's the outer room and so forth and so it's all about the priesthood and how Christ is greater and that the Jewish priests had to go in every year year after year and it was different because Christ did it all and um, these aren't new concepts for anybody who's of the Christian faith it's that Christ died once for all and the emphasis on once and just to Paul's writing this book of Hebrews and uh, it's a accepted scripture and the, the verse that many people, and I've heard this before, is, is, uh, is the, um, bud, you got lucky, you stepped on a prickly pear type cactus and didn't get stuck to your foot. So, that's good. So, hello. So, the um, 9 verse 27, or verse 27, is the classic. And it, and it goes in New American Standard. And inasmuch as it's appointed, as it is appointed for man to die once, and after this comes judgment. So it's not a full sentence, it's not a full phrase, but the point that people want to get across is that, hey, you're going to live once and after this comes judgment. You've got to decide in this lifetime, what are you going to do with Jesus Christ? And this gets into the Calvinism versus Arminianism concept because Arminianism is that we are decisionists. We can make a decision. Everybody can hear the gospel intellectually, have the knowledge of the saving grace, and um, become a believer. So, hey, you guys look different in the daylight. I mean, it was last night we were out when it was dark, right? Yeah. It was, I, for some reason, it doesn't seem so hot right now, but no, it is hot. Not at all. But it is hot. Hi. It's 103, I think. So. <laughs> all right. See you around. Come on, bud. So, so uh, where were we? We were on, uh, yeah, the gospel, and we have to decide in this lifetime. These are these are traditional things. I think we hear this stuff so much. I mean, depending on the churches you go to, you hear you hear certain concepts repeated over and over again and they just become accepted at that point and that is this accepted that uh, we can use Hebrews 9.27 to show that 
you either you're gonna you're get one life and after this comes judgment but the context of that whole thing I'm sorry is not about whether someone goes to heaven or goes to hell or stays in heaven or stays in hell it's it is what it is it's just about it's actually the context about how Jesus died once for all of us once and how he's a great high priest so the whole the whole context is not about human beings really that was just a throw-in line I mean I don't know some editor some developmental editor for Paul <laughs> like I really know what a developmental editor is but um, a developmental editor for Paul would probably describe that as just as just a what is it a metaphor simile he's just he's saying that just like humans die once and then are judged I mean but that's not the main point the point isn't about us getting judged and going to hell and or heaven it's about how Christ did it once for all for many for many it doesn't say any limitation on it so I brought up Arminianism and then there's Calvinism Calvin I lean towards Calvinism but I, I'm not going to be labeled a Calvinist either here's what I lean towards I lean towards Ephesians 2 8 9 that our faith is a gift so I have faith in Christ as a gift that's it gift I was confirmed in the Lutheran Church I didn't like it I didn't like going on Tuesdays I didn't like have some dude in a robe telling me what all these things were and sin and Romans Road and all these factoids it's all academic how could I mean it's just probably a child's internal bearing says God can't certainly can't be limited this God that they're describing this religion that they're describing certainly can't be limited to facts and information and knowledge and yet that's what we do to kids we we bring them to Sunday school and they get taught facts and I, I did teach third grade probably terribly third grade at this church this Baptist church for a long time and they had this thing called Lifeway publishers and they gave you all these materials and and I'm not a crafty person so I don't like crafts but I guess some kids like it I don't know I just wanted to have fun with the kids there's like and this is not a huge church so I'd have like three or four kids around and they had the point system so there was like the leaders of the whole thing this kindergartner through fifth grade or sixth grade and they loved to, you know they wanted kids to get attendance and do memory verses and get points for all these things and it's all about points so basically you're again you're ingraining kids with a performance based works based faith I mean how stupid is that people you know and I wasn't gonna fight again I just knew it was a losing battle to the the Texas Christians you know they're the real the real Texan Baptists well they're actually probably better than the, the ones I've become familiar with now which are the Southeast Conference Baptists <laughs> the Georgia Bulldogs and the, and the um, South Carolina North Carolina Southern Baptist but um, yeah so I taught third grade Sunday school I get these kids in there getting points and they had the other box so you would have like did you bring your Bible get points for that did you 
Um, do the memory verse, you know, get points for that. Did you? It was just like three things or four things, and then there was the other box. So I, I did funny stuff like, um, if you catch me yawning, I wanted, you know, we're going to teach, we're going to talk about the story. And I didn't like all the details on these pages, but, you know, we'll go over Moses, let's say, or something and talk about it. I'll do that. But I'm not going to do all the rinky-dink stuff that goes along. They tell you also to do with it. And I did very little preparation. I'm like, what preparation? There's like four kids that are in third grade. Am I going to spend two hours getting ready for that? Are you kidding me? (laughs) So, like, I'm the worst third grade. Full confession on the podcast. In actuality, I was probably in actuality, I was probably the best teacher they've ever had. But I, I gave other points, like if I was yawning, like if I, I said, if you catch me yawning, if I yawn, you get a point. If you catch me, right? So now the kids are, I've got their attention because they think it's, well, this is weird. Like if my if my teacher yawns, yawns, we get a point, you know. And of course, I didn't purposely yawn, but. Some of this stuff was just kind of boring, you know? <laughs> and it was Saturday or Sunday morning. Anyways, that's a huge tangent, but a fun story, I think. Especially for those of you who have young children and taking them to Sunday school. Now you know what really might be going on in your, <laughs> your Sunday school class. That's what might really be. If you're lucky, you have a teacher like, like me <laughs> who's not going to bribe them with hockey tickets and uh, things like that. But that didn't happen until like eighth grade. So, um, yeah, I didn't know much about these terms, but the Calvinism, it's uh, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. It's a faith as a gift. It's not of yourself that anyone should can boast. So I'm not boasting about faith. And uh, that's why, I mean, I don't, I haven't heard anyone... <laughs> But, but people are so intense about sharing the gospel, evangelizing, um, doing the Great Commission. And I'm thinking, the, to me, one of the most effective things, if I was talking to like people that are just dug in on their atheism, you just say, well, you know what? Here's my faith, you know? You're kind of screwed, dude, as an atheist. This is really going to piss you off, Mr. Atheist. But um, you... Even if you wanted to believe in God and, and Christ, you won't be able to <laughs> because the faith says that it's a gift from God. So now, so now, not only are you an atheist and don't believe in God, you should be really pissed that we all believe that you're stuck in that condition because it's a gift. Isn't that kind of weird? I think that's kind of effective way of evangelizing. And there's no pressure then on anybody. I mean. Uh, that comedian, Greg Gutfeld, he, is just, he claims he's an atheist. I find him quite funny, but if I ever met him, you know, and then we talked about religion, I'd say, well, Greg, you know what? You're, it's fine that you're an atheist. And what I believe is you can't believe in God unless God reveals himself to you through a spiritually. So, sorry, Greg, you're kind of screwed. But then that also makes sense that we shouldn't be focusing on that if you don't follow our little rules and recipe, you know, a little recipe of 
praying this prayer and so forth. If you don't follow that recipe, you're going to hell. <laughs> you are going to hell. But that's that's a decisionist thing, see. So you can say that if you believe Arminianism view th- theology. You can, but it, that even just this whole Calvinist, you know, whatever it is, whether it's Calvinism versus you know, it is Calvinism versus Arminianism. That's the big fight, but. Um, my, I really feel strongly that it's beneficial to think along the Calvinism view. It's, it's humbling. Why? I mean, that's perfect to be humble, right? And not boastful. And it's also great about spreading the gospel that way. It's like, this is what happened, folks. And if the Spirit of God, with the, the sola... Spiritual ambulanto doesn't hit you and move your spirit, then you're, that's not going to happen. It may happen later on, and that's that's the key. Is uh, so many of us want to, well, so many of the professional, organized religious world want to achieve numbers, and uh, so they do things like that. To uh, get people to they 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 would to for metric sake for measuring yourself it'd be better if if um, it was a decisionist thing in other words that you you can decide on your own and that we go to seminary and get all trained in the Bible so that we can convince people to believe you know so then we can pat ourselves on the back that we were clever enough to convince somebody of the faith. So, there you go. Um, I don't know, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm like freaking way off base, but I think that's that's where I'm at. And, uh, what do you think, buddy? You think that's right? But, yeah, he's He's still walking, so you must be good with it. And, uh, hey, bud, yeah, you've been to this house before, haven't you? That's amazing. You've only been here once, and you're kind of like, don't I know this place? I smell something. He must smell somebody familiar. Pretty smart dog. So, um, where do you want me to go? I can't hear you. <laughs> I can't hear the audience. And uh, we're on our way home. I'm on way home walking. And it is warmer now. I mean, my, all the water's evaporated off of me. And it's feeling warm. And, but not too bad. We're not getting hit by the sun. And uh, Oma came back tonight. So she just arrived. And it's good to have her around again. And uh, uh, it's Sunday evening. So we go, go back and hit it and work tomorrow. I'm going to start my personal training tomorrow and work on my knee and running and getting rid of my two babies, my twins, 20 pounds of fat. I'm going to get started on that journey. And um, yeah, it's a spiritual journey too. It's Some of it is 
you know, it's the body and the mind and the spirit. And why not take better care of my body, you know? Which, obviously, I'm a bit sobered-minded from <clears throat> my wife's cancer, which is not funny at all. But, um, you know, part of this podcast, I suppose, is, so how do you deal with it? How do you deal with cancer? And... Um, She's got good treatment, good medical care, so we keep going. A lot of it's a mystery. We don't know what's happening in there, in the body, right? So they have amazing measuring devices and instruments and, and uh, machines that can tell you stuff. And then you can do radiation and chemo. And chemo starts a week from tomorrow. And tomorrow is the last radiation treatment. And she seems to have some relief from her back. Um, and then um, there's going to be a surgery a week from this Friday to strengthen her vertebrae in her back. So that's all happening. And we just trust the doctors that it's going to work out right. So how do, I, how do I know? It's Again, it's that living one day at a time. And I don't know why I have peace about it other than maybe I've experienced it with our son. He was he had leukemia when he was two and a half, and here he is, 19 years old, having his wisdom teeth pulled out. And a uh, great kid. And uh, so we'll see how it moves forward. And from a church standpoint, I, the the message about at the Baptist church today was heaven and come back and we're going to do an invitation. And I, I, I just swear I have this, just this weird feeling that people don't think a lot of people are, are Christians and that they really need to come forward or something. And I, and I, I, uh, I have this weird suspicion, like people don't think I'm a believer or something. And I'm like, I don't care what they think, right? It's back to that 1 Corinthians 4. I love that. Paul. It's like, I care very little if I'm judged by you or by any other human court. And I don't even judge myself. But that doesn't make me innocent. It's the Lord that judges us. So there's too much mind reading going on in the world. I'm guilty of mind reading, right? I, it just, just doesn't help to try to guess what someone's thinking. I, I mean, I got called out on it so many times and I just didn't realize that how often I try to read people's minds. Like, in fact, I'm reading someone's mind that they're reading my mind. <laughs> I don't know what they think. And, and so this is where I'm kind of internally have this frustration of like, if people have a problem with something, just talk to them, right? Just like, I mean, I think about it, even in the political world, like people are so angry about different politicians and things. And it's like, have you ever really talked to these people before? I mean, I know they're not real approachable, obviously. I mean, it's not like you can just walk up to the people. But, you know, take any politician. Let's do John McCain. I'm in Arizona, right? I've never sat down and spoken to him, right? And... You know, I've met people that probably love the guy and some people that don't think much of him. But 
you know, none of us, you know, it's just, we're all people. We just have different, made it to different positions and, you know, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's too easy to like, with all the information and the media does spin stuff way too much. I mean, we're, we're all subconsciously spun by media and we resonate with <laughs> the vibrations from CNN are different than the, than the vibrations coming out of Fox. They're just, they're just different vibrations, man. <laughs> I don't know. I hope people find that funny because there are spiritualists who just are really into the vibrations. And it goes back to the Beach Boys, right? I'm, I'm picking up good vibrations, something like that. But it, there's uh, CNN vibrations and Fox News vibrations. Anyway, where was I going with that? So, I covered the, the Baptist thing. Hebrews 9.27. Not a good thing. I don't like it. But people are so used to it, they just go to the standard. It's a standby. It's a memorized verse. I first came across it on these little cards in the Navigator's memory verses. Those are like, they're thought to be the most awesome things, but I find them to be highly damaging, at least for quirky people like myself. Because, and, uh, well, maybe not. Maybe they're a good thing for me because I'm discovering that it's just out of context. So, Tim, hey, hey, how you doing? Um, the other church so this one's on a road trip this guy's a little more theatrical I like that a little more human a little more um, relationship oriented so I go there and it's about Acts it's about Paul how can I not love that jumps right in though to Acts 13 and and uh, going on the first missionary journey and the message or the uh, agenda from the teacher is to what's 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 God having planned for you? What what's the next adventure for you? So that I mean these these are he asked great questions, right? So this is where asking questions is so great. Instead of telling, like maybe that's probably the bottom line for the Baptist dude is instead of telling people what they should be doing or how they can do better, let's just like go with the questions. So I'm going to pull up on my Evernote while I'm walking. Let's see if I can do this. I'll see how coordinated I am. And it was just a great day of questions or just, you know, he kind of gave a little history of how Saul went from Saul to Paul, Antioch, um, did a few things. He even mentioned the Great Commission that didn't piss me off, in a way that didn't piss me off, amazingly enough. Um, so what is your next adventure? There you go, listener of the podcast. I'm just passing it on. I'm just, I'm just passing on my morning sermon. What is your next adventure? And he talked about how he just went to Cincinnati with his family. He's got some older kids in their teens and they uh, they go to this place in Cincinnati this great uh, the mighty King's Island uh, amusement park and they have 
and vertigo. And of course he said, this is where you gotta get the piano out and go, in vertigo. Dun, 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 dun. And he didn't want to go on in vertigo, but his kids double dog dared him and said, what are you, chicken? So of course he went on there and it was, it was an adventure. So he just, you know, he talked about how getting on the ride and going with it. And, uh, you know, he had some fun with it. He goes, if you have vertigo, you don't go on a ride called Invertigo. <laughs> Just a good dude. So I enjoy the, the, the transparency, transparency and the hu humility, the humor. And, and what are we passionate about? So what are you passionate about? And uh, what's the adventure? Uh, what's the Holy Spirit is calling you to do? What adventure do you believe God wants you to do? So... You know, and he walks through like, well, what does it say in the scripture? Well, they were worshiping, fasting, and praying. And he talked about fasting is not just skipping a meal, and it's not a weight loss program. So, and it doesn't even need to be food. It could be like internet, Netflix, social media, alcohol, soda. Surrender it and trigger us to pray. Listen to God. So let's go on and Let's go on an adventure together. See, this is the kind of message that is resonating with me. I don't know if it's CNN type or Fox News type resonating. So, so one should come with us. We should do it together. So Barnabas and Paul went together. So, so we were made. We were made for an adventure. So there you go. So listener, you... Whoever's listening, you were made for an adventure, and so was I. So, isn't that, isn't that a encouraging, edifying message in the morning to go and hear about an adventure coming up, that God may want us to go on an adventure? I'm kind of excited about finishing my book. That's an adventure for me, writing a book and... Uh, doing it well and uh, that triggered a book triggered a uh, a thought my wife where she has German family I don't so I'm really proud of the fact that I don't have I always think of it this way I have no German blood in me that I know I mean I have to probably do the the 23 and me thing and maybe I have a small percentage but I love those guys. I think they're really cool. But I learned more about them today, you know, today in the last couple of days, the last 48 hours, because my wife's like, hey, let's watch this program on DWTV, which is Deutsche Welle. So as I said, I learned about King Charlemagne, Otto, um, this guy named Barbarossa, which is cool, Barbarossa. And the Italians, um, that's Barbarossa in Italian or Latin, I believe, is Redbeard. So this guy had a red beard. And I, I recognize Barbarossa from all my World War II reading because Hitler had Operation Barbarossa, <laughs> named after this German emperor of the Holy Roman Empire. So, so uh, yeah, so this Holy Roman Empire is kind of like the fallout from the crumbling of the Roman Empire. It's really fascinating. I mean, it's, 
it's the church and they're kind of screwed up as far as I'm concerned. Like I said, they had kid Charlemagne like slaughtering Zaxons to, be, to become baptized and stuff, really stupid stuff. And then they, um, they had Barbarossa and, you know, making these kings and the Henry the Lionhearted. That's an interesting guy. It's fun to kind of watch these 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 things on TV because they uh, they do a pretty good job of it. So you can actually like kind of like, hey, you know, even if you're walking around Germany, today's Germany, and you see like a big lion, and someone tells you like, hey, this 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 building was built by Henry the Lionhearted and stuff like that. You you don't really get the backstory. It's fun to be there, like no doubt. It's fun to be there, but it's almost like I would say like the iterative process. It's like Go there, see a bunch of stuff, come back and read about it, a bunch of stuff. Go there and see a bunch of stuff, come back and read about it, a bunch of stuff. And then you're going to get the full picture over time by experiencing it in person, but also reading about it. And I, and I know if this is my own experience. Like if I'm walking around Neuschwanstein and someone hands me like, well, here's the history of Neuschwanstein. Kim Ludwig, da-da-da-da-da-da. And it, and it just gives you like factoids about King, King Ludwig and how he died and certainly went swimming in some lake and died and I forgot the name of that one was it Linsenhof something Hof castle near near uh, Neuschwanstein but um, it turns out that's right I learned today Munich Munich was founded by Henry the Lionheart about in the 1150 1200s because he was going around he was he was the cousin of Barbarossa and they did like a reenactment and he felt equal to his cousin even though his cousin was the king so um, that's my favorite German word is nightish so Henry the Lionheart was a bit nightish jealous envious of the king so he had to do his own territory thing and so the story goes on. But he did found Munich and some other, like Lübeck is another city he founded, but that's way up north. It's kind of, they got, they got around. And I didn't realize Germany, like the Saxony and the Bavaria were like some of the two initial ones and the other, other places were kind of wild. But then later on, like in the 1300s and 1400s, it started to take shape. And they kind of jump in this story. They, they went from like 1150 to all the way to Martin Luther. And they, the, this Peasants' War in 1525 was really sad. Of course, the, the historians made it out. I didn't think it was that accurate. Um, I'll have to read Eric Metaxas' book. But... Um, Luther was amazing and oh made my I, I just I was emotional when he was at the Diet of Worms, this battle and like that was like fifteen twenty one, I think, twenty two, and they had to hide him. And he started right he wrote the he translated the New Testament in like two weeks. Good job. I mean I, I think that's doable now that I've read I basically read myself the, the um, New Testament except for the Gospels multiple times. So I can see that happening. Two weeks, he got, he got down to it. 
Martin got down to it and just started doing it. And then the, the printing press and um, how he was able to distribute it. And there was an emotional scene in the documentary where they were selling the Bibles and then some guy, there's a real crowded square. And he's like, can you read, can you read? And he's like, oh yeah, I can read. And he gives him a Bible and he starts reading the Bible in German and people could understand him and they were listening to him. So and that was only 1520s, 1530s. I mean, this is 500 years ago, folks. And uh, really cool stuff. And um, just that hadn't been done before and how the church controlled everything. And we, we live in today, it's 2018. Most of us don't think of history, unfortunately. And it's, I'm not jamming on people that they, you know, you have to do it. You have to, not you have to, don't have to do anything, but let's appreciate it. I'm, I'm just sharing my appreciation for the history. And it's uh, a special thing in a lot of ways. And, and, uh, and we don't realize how we got here was this um, slow progression to, to where we are now. And we, especially Americans, sorry to say, we kind of look back to 1700s as the earliest thing and we're jaded by the, um, our own governmental political history and not so much the multiple politics of Europe. It's pretty messy over there, folks. <laughs> really messy. And, uh, and so I have an appreciation for chaos that um, probably Americans don't. We, we're pretty entitled to like always having an, a secure economy. And I, I'm not, I mean, over the last 10 years, I've seen plenty of guys on the internet telling us about we're about to have an economic collapse. And we, maybe we will, <laughs> I don't know. But it sure, does, sure as hell, if it happens, it's gonna wake the hell out of all of us. But I think we'll figure out something to do with it. I mean, I think of Bonhoeffer, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the German dude, and he was, his families were in the, in the 19, 1905, 1915, they went through First World War. Um, the 20s in Germany were just fricking crazy. They had this hyperinflation. So a hyperinflation is what could happen to to us, anyone, but it's a global thing now. That's where the, we're all so intertwined that, um, and I, I'm speaking as something's possible, right? Either it's gonna happen or it's not, or it's gonna be mild. I just don't know. And I'm gonna live today and we're gonna deal with it because stuff like this happened in the past and we'll get over it somehow. I don't know. But I, to me, it's like if you have a lot of debt, which is kind of weird. If, if you have a lot of debt and there's hyperinflation, it's kind of weird. It's because like your debt, theoretically, to me, is becomes really tiny, relative speaking. Like if milk goes to 20 bucks a gallon, 100 bucks a gallon, then you know, there's going to be adjustments in income to pay for it. Howdy. Hey, bud. Come on, bud. So what happens then is 
if you owe if you owe two hundred thousand dollars on your house and that's like two gallons of milk that puts that in perspective <laughs> right. <laughs> right hey my house is worth two has a debt of two gallons of milk i guess we'll get that that puppy paid off this week somehow i don't know but anyways dietrich bonhoeffer lived through that in germany i don't know how i don't know what they did but um, I, I think I think the Germans in the 20s were also they wanted some of the smarter guys saw some stuff coming. I, I swear I, I just have this gut feeling that there were some Germans who were going to New York City and going, "Hey, um, I got these Reichsmarks. Could you give me? I'll give you a million Reichsmarks for um, you know what's the going rate right now? You know it's probably reasonable at the time." And they're like, yeah, excellent. And then six months later, they're like, hey, I got some more Reichsmarks. Can you uh, exchange them to me? And the, the, the exchange rate probably was slowly going against the Reichsmark. And then the bottom fell out at some top point and some New Yorkers were holding the bag. Not every New Yorker, but, you know, some people got hurt. But, you know, these banks and things, they don't ever put... Um, all their eggs in one basket anyways, but you know just looking ahead Things can happen you can make smart investments and get fortunate and uh, Yeah, do I need it? I don't know if I'm, I'm not really making any financial advice here, so I don't think I need to do a disclaimer that uh, These are the opinions solely of the podcaster because I think you know that I shouldn't have to say that <laughs> so uh yeah hopefully these these podcasts are entertaining i really have no idea they're, they're uh they're kind of a waste of time in a way for unless you want some entertainment and that's what i'm here for i gotta walk the dog anyway and i kind of enjoy talking so i'm probably saving all my friends and family from hearing all my bullshit because they've probably heard it before. I don't, and I don't like to repeat stuff either, but I'm probably super guilty of it. But as long as I, if I repeat it, as long as it's entertaining this time, then it's worth, then it's okay, right? As long as you have a smile on your face and get a kick out of it, that's, uh, that's all I can ask. In fact, that reminds me of a tweet I did yesterday. It was kind of like backhandedly insulting a dude. And then he came back and he said something like, wow, that was that really made me smile and something like that. And of course he could be backhanded complimenting me too, but I just let it go and I said, well, good. You, you're, if, you're, if you have a smile, then I've added value to the world. So that's, that's why. I was I was basically saying he was inconsistent in his tweets and maybe he acknowledged that and maybe he felt that I was pointing out something funny so maybe he was agreeing with me because I wasn't like harsh with him I was just having fun with 140 characters on Twitter because that's what I do sometimes for my own entertainment and doing a one or two minute tweet 
It's a lot shorter than listening to a 30-minute podcast, right? But, I, you know, it's addicting a little bit because I always like to see, and this is what my, I get from my mother and father probably, is we just say batshit crazy stuff to see what kind of reaction we get out of people. I, 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 <laughs> I really did learn that from my mom. I swear, she at the dinner table, like if it was too quiet, she'd just say some crazy thing just to get people talking. It's quite entertaining, really. And because uh, it's so different, right? I mean, most of the listeners, I mean, I'm an outlier in that respect. I mean, my mom and everything is uh, kind, of, kind of smart. She reads a lot. Of course, she's always worried about the, the Muslims taking over the world, which if it's God's will, it'll happen, Mom. So that's fine. We'll deal with it. And uh, so she's pretty funny. Um, and her fear of the of those things. And I'm washing Bud's feet, aren't I? We got Buddy's feet washed. I haven't shared that on the podcast in a while. But yeah, I'm just wiping off the Bud's feet. They're all wet. He wants to go inside and see Alma and jump around. And come on, Bud, let me do that. I'm just I'm not trying to hurt you, Bud. So I don't know what kind of music I'll play on the way out. I'll figure something out. I don't know what the good theme was today or not. But, um, yeah, have a great week. And it's 4th of July. So you'll probably see friends and family and so forth. We uh, we don't encourage people to come visit us in Arizona <laughs> on July 4th. Because we don't want to give them the impression that it's just smoking hot here all the time. Smoking hot. So I'm done. I walked the dog. Bud's barking. And I'm on anchor. And I'm going to call it a podcast. Hey, everybody, what's your adventure? You got an adventure every day. This moment is an adventure. So enjoy your adventure. Bye bye.